0: crazy right. 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 So, very good day, everybody. Welcome to our podcast. It's Mitch Clark down in Australia, uh, and I'll just quickly tell you that here on the Costa Blanca, we've got uh, quite a bit of wind this morning. The definition on the mountain looks uh, good. The well, there is, there are quite a few clouds around, and um, it has been a bit hot over the previous few days, but. Uh, I think it's just a little cooler if I'm going to be optimistic. So let me go across to Melbourne in Australia and find out whether or not your weather is as roasting hot as we are here in Europe. So good morning to you from Spain. It's good evening to me from Melbourne, isn't it?
1: Yes, it is indeed, Vince. Thank you for having me on the show again. Um, no, we we are certainly not experiencing the heat uh, that you are over there in Europe. It's uh, actually um, it's been quite chilly, um, but uh, today was eighteen and gorgeous and sunny, and uh, yeah, it was a beautiful, beautiful day. And we're expected to uh, have that weather uh, over the weekend, so right. can't complain.
0: Lovely. And, of course, as you can see, I don't know if you you get the same pictures as us, but, of course, uh, the weather forecasting has changed dramatically. You know, it used to be a man standing in front of a picture with a cane and they'd be telling us, you know, (laughs) that there was sun and that you'd be a picture of the sun. Now, of course, uh, you've got – well, we have got big problems in Europe, as as you've seen. Uh, But, of course, uh, what they do, they can intensify by uh, putting – Red and then maybe a little bit, little bit of amber and then black and you know, making it look dire for those people that obviously um, are really suffering because around the Mediterranean uh, we have had utterly terrible, terrible fires. Um, and of course it's all uh, put down to global warming and uh, it's um, almost as if these things have never happened before which of course we know full well that they have, we also know that Canada has had terrible uh, fires this year and uh, when I was reading about those fires, um, the Canadians were saying it happens every year Uh, some were saying that it's the politicians who can't be bothered to spend money on creating the fire breaks and things like that, others are saying it's natural and that uh you know the 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 land and the earth repairs itself Uh, but of course because they've got thick smoke going across um uh, through to the united states um then obviously uh the trouble mongers are always able to create a lot more panic and distress for people who are obviously already a little stressed by knowing that there's a problem but um I don't know whether or not, you know, I'm being a bit cynical. Yes, I am, because basically uh, we have had extremes of weather as long as I've been around. I mean, I can remember 1976 in the UK, we had uh, the Minister for Drought was appointed um, and, you know, water rationing and all this sort of stuff. So um, what is your weather like at the moment as a general picture?
1: Well, I have to say, I mean, this is my first, winter long-term uh, spell in Melbourne during a winter and I am quite surprised just how mild it is um I was expecting it to get super super cold um but um but in fact last winter here was it was incredibly cold um I was only in it um uh, periodically but um But, yeah, fortunately, we've had a very mild winter so far. Um, So, uh, yeah, and and some beautiful, beautiful sunny days.
0: Mm. Um, So, yeah, I'm not complaining. I always find it absolutely weird and difficult to understand that you can have, you know, this intensity of uh, what we're experiencing around various European countries. Um, and then, you know, you've got the extremes and you go to other parts of the world where it's freezing cold and there's ice and all mm. this sort of stuff. You know, it's not easy to understand. Um, and, of course, in the current atmosphere where everybody, you know, seems to be hell-bent on being terrified, then, um, you know, what what can you do? You you can only just enjoy each day as it comes, and none more so than the people that we're going to talk about because. Since we last spoke, um, we, we were speaking about uh, Tina Turner. Last time we were talking, and um, I don't want to forget that uh, she was such a great artist, and you know that we made a very nice podcast about um, her life and uh, how you worked with her in various ways. Um, and of course, we've had three, or uh, four, actually, very prominent showbiz deaths in the last week or so. So let's go first. Uh, Should we go to Sinead O'Connor first? Yes, why not? Okay, now, uh, I think you were telling me that uh, you did have um, contact with Sinead over the years. And obviously, um, my first question then is, in what capacity did you know her? And, um, you know, what sort of things can spring to mind? Well, let's call it a tribute, because I think, you know, there'll be a lot of people always want to to criticize and and maybe look at different aspects of other people's lives uh, which we will talk about in passing but not dwell upon um because she was born in 1966 and um you know she's died relatively young and she did seem to have a very troubled time and musically speaking I have to say that you know I wasn't again the biggest fan, but I did appreciate that she had uh, a very unique voice and made some lovely hits. So um, tell me, what what was her? Uh, uh, how did you communicate with her, and what was her um, what was her position with you regarding any musical uh, influences?
1: Well, um, I was. Um living in London at the time and I was working at Chrysalis Records and Chrysalis um, signed Sinead O'Connor and she was 18 at the time and uh, I remember when she first made an appearance in our office and we were mesmerized by her. Um, She was the most beautiful, beautiful girl uh, pregnant with her first child, Jake, and and she was quite heavily pregnant then. And uh, she had Doc Martens on and she was bald and uh, she was just so stunning. And uh, as I say, we were just, I mean, the entire building, um, you know, all of us at Chrysalis, it, it, all the departments, because she was doing the rounds, you know, I think it was probably... It must have been her first time in the building, you know, sort of saying hi and um, meeting all the, the various uh, label people. And, um, yeah, she was gorgeous. Um, but from the offset, she really did um, display an air of um, anger, actually. Mm. There's no other word I can use for it, to be honest, Um yeah, she was very intriguing and just an incredibly talented. You know, there was this young girl who had written and produced this stunning album called The Lion and the Cobra. And um yeah, it was um it was a fantastic album. Out- well, I still you know, I still listen to it to this day. Um mm. You know, Mandinka, which is a fantastic song, and The Lion, the Cobra, and uh, I mean, yeah, stunning, stunning uh, album still to this day, and just incredible feat for somebody that young to have, you know, written and produced and performed on it. Yeah,
0: I, I mean, uh, the, uh, the the fact, of course, is that uh, she was known professionally as Sinead O'Connor. And uh, obviously, mm. I have an article about her in front of me, as you'd expect me to do, because uh, like a lot of uh, people in our business, you, you know, you want to sound as if uh, at least you've put the, re- the research in before you start discussing and maybe making a comment here and there that uh, might be, shall we say, less than what you really want to say, but has to be said. Um, for example, I didn't know till I actually saw this in writing that her real name was Shuhada Sadakwat, which is a very, very strange name. But obviously, uh, you know, she had a a, um, a language which is not English. And of course, um, you know, when you look at what she was um, described as and Appears on Wikipedia as um, she is uh, an Irish singer, songwriter, anti-musician and then a strident radical political activist. And I think when those words are written like that, um, I mean, you, you don't really have anybody writing the word strident and uh, then radical uh, activist without really wanting to show that she had that sort of part to her life. And it was outlined a little bit by the fact that you said uh, similarly that she seemed to be very angry. So, um, well, yeah,
1: I mean, you know, of course, we didn't know anything about her. Um, any of her personal history, that obviously uh, was disclosed as time went by. Um, but, uh, you know, you know, le- knowing what we know now, uh, she had a dreadful um, start to life. Um, you know, she, I think she was abused by her mother and uh, obviously, um, you know, being Catholic and Irish and, you know, she was um, uh, subjected to dreadful things in the church by priests and um and obviously um that became very apparent when she um tore up the uh infamously t- tore up the the uh, photo of the pope
0: yeah Uh, Look, I, I, uh, as you know, I'm Catholic and I am the the first to uh, admit to anybody that uh, there's lots of our religion, which I think uh, doesn't, don't make sense. I think Mm. the other side of it, I have to say, is that Mm. nobody has a God-given right to just anything I mean you know I, I actually believe that we all have the gift of life and I think that mm. where I depart company from other people's uh, ways of looking at things is mm. y- you know there are many people I'm not um, I'm not having a go at any particular aspect of Sinead O'Connor because I didn't know her personally uh, but I mm. would would say that you know uh, a that there are two sides to the Catholic religion one is you've got to be proactive Um, to get uh, it's like anything in life if you you know if you don't really put something into any sort of relationship I think sometimes Mm. you know you can only get bad things out of what needn't be a bad thing Uh, but I do know that we have lots of dark things that happened in Ireland, uh, you know, and when I read and have been looking at the article about her, um, I Mm. would imagine that uh, she must have had a very, very mixed up uh, start to life, as as I think uh, you acknowledged as well. Um, Well, mm,
1: absolutely, and I think that um, her lyrics certainly um, portray um a a pretty um challenging um or you know challenging life experiences not just with the sexual abuse side but also you know in her personal relationships with men um yeah i think that uh, she had a tough time with many aspects of her life but her music was that you know it was it was her voice. Um, it was it was the I guess her outlet um, you know, and, and, and unfortunately some some artists, you know they write the best songs when they're in under extreme pressure or you know experiencing dreadful times in their lives it's um it's a well-known fact
0: well, of course with, and, and, uh,
1: and when there you... are cetera, you know.
0: Well, we, you know, all the arts, I think you can see the greatness of uh, the struggles of life. Uh, obviously, the paintings, having been to Rome and seen uh, what, what I did, I mean, I stood in awe of uh, many, many of the different aspects of Rome. Um, but uh, just to go back for a second uh, to hmm. the, the the Catholic Church, because there's something that I, I really feel needs to be laid down as just a comment, Is that, um, you know, there is a hugely good side to the Catholic religion and there is the belief that there is the devil and there are, of course, uh, other forces at work, which uh, you you can, I think, even as a Catholic, especially as a Catholic maybe, you can clearly see this. Um, and let's mm. be honest about it if I was the devil and if my declared aim was to try and make life as difficult as horrible as possible for other people, you don't go around with a placard telling people who you are and what you're going to do I think this sure. this um, discussion about uh, a, a young lady's life uh, is actually yeah. very healthy even for me to see quite clearly. Um, that there were some horrible people about who must have Mm. made life awful for her. And um, Mm. looking um, at uh, the fact that in 1999 she was ordained as a priest by the Irish Orthodox Catholic and Apostolic Church, which is independent. Mm. It's an independent Catholic church. I knew about it, but I've never known much about it, apart from the fact that obviously uh, somewhere in the mix there'll be money. And that it's not recognized Mm. by the Roman Catholic Church. And if anybody doesn't understand Mm. that there's a huge amount of money involved in religion, then please Mm. go to Rome and do what I do. Yes, absolutely she she did speak out consistently and i'm looking at what's written and thinking of what i've seen she spoke spoke out on issues related to child abuse uh, human rights racism yeah. organized religion and women's rights mm-hmm. now there's a theme there of what we're mm-hmm. living through um yeah sure. so, so do do you think and this is going to be a strange question but i think there's a a solid point behind it do you think that very often people are judged by their appearance and not by their content? Of course. Yeah. That's a big problem in society. Yeah. I, I yeah, think Most I,
1: definitely. And um and I think that possibly um Sinead was a victim of that herself. And um, you know, maybe the shaving of her head was a retaliation or i don't know just a a statement because she was so beautiful and um you know in her her formative years and um i think uh you know maybe she felt that um it was uh i don't know it was almost like her fighting against her beauty do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. hard to describe but yeah just almost trying not to make herself
0: I, I had so uh, beautiful yeah I, I did I, actually, I did actually um sort of see her and meet her in a very strange mm. way um I was going with my with, with Anne and we were going to uh Falmouth and as we came yeah. to um a fork in the road there was uh, obviously traffic lights and uh, yep. uh, alongside our car, which was uh, something like a mini, so we were low down, along came a green Range Rover, and in yep. it was Sinead O'Connor, and uh, she looked, oh no, you, you know. So basically, um, you know, we we have been fairly close, uh, but that was just a fleeting moment. And I, I will also confess to the fact that I used to call her skinhead O'Connor, uh, you know. Be- <laughs> well you know dj's do tend to pick up on things like that and you know we're looking sure, for, yeah. always looking for an angle uh, but i must admit that um i had always thought about uh, why she must have felt so strongly about certain things. And if she had actually mm. become a, a priest, as uh, you know, it's claimed in this particular article, um, then obviously it's mm. not just a, a question of wanting to be an activist. She, took, she did take it a stage further. And it does actually strike me sometimes as very strange, if you really want to rebel against the church, why would mm. you want to make yourself a priest? I mean, that, again... You know, I can understand it is as a protest, but maybe um, you know, it's an unfortunate sort of situation at times.
1: Well, perhaps it was her way of making peace with it. Um, who knows? I I, I you know, I, I don't think anybody could really understand um too much about uh, the inner workings of uh, dear Sinead, um, apart from her immediate family, perhaps. Um, but certainly from the, from the uh, you know, from the outside, um, she uh, appeared just, well, uh, um, came across as such a complicated, tortured soul. Well, well, uh, as I said earlier, I think uh, that was very reflective in her. Look, I
0: I think she's been a very, very interesting person, and um, I've liked certain parts of her songs but not all of them obviously uh, but I did notice yeah. um, and th- uh, this is something that does get me thinking um, she uh, she changed the name uh, to, uh, to um, S- uh, Sinead o- uh, originally Sinead Marie Bernadette O'Connor um, and then yeah. of course then when she took this other name it was after converting to Islam and yeah. what I've always found really difficult for any female converting to islam is that the whole faith is built on uh, a guy who thought that it was appropriate to have uh, sex with a child of nine uh, and then mm. you, you know i find that incongruous really with women's rights mm. and things like that i find that very yeah. difficult if i'm honest
1: well and i agree for you know uh, when you when you um mention that you you you'd think that that was the last um thing that, that uh, Sinead would ever want to to put her name to, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's, it's incredibly baffling. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's just a shame that, um, you know, it, it, she was known for all those, um, um, you know... It's um, uh, uh,
0: difficult to explain, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it really is. I mean, because, mm. you know, as a musician... Um, you know, she was just incredible, and and just like an extraordinary lyricist, and just such a talent. And you know, and I, I guess un- unfortunately, that was um, you know all the other business outside of her um, her artistry just got swallowed up with you know all the all the bullshit. And um, uh, you know, when she was uh, you know on stage uh, in America and tore up the, the photo of the the, the Pope. Um, actually, a, 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 an ex-colleague of mine from EMI, she was actually there at the time, and she said it was it was the worst thing imaginable for any uh, any uh, artist. You know, everyone just scarpered and left her for dead. Mm. And it was actually Chris Christofferson who was also on the show. Um, he was the only one um, that actually uh, came and put his arms around her. Yeah, and um, and comforted her. Uh, She said literally everyone just dropped her like a hot potato. Um,
0: And uh, Yeah, very sad. I mean, it's also uh, quite noticeable that uh, you've got people like Madonna who uh, and even Lady Gaga who seem to want to rebel against, um, you know, church and Catholic influences and things like that. So she's not been alone in those types of things. And I'm sure there'd be many more if we did a project on finding out who they all were and have been, you know.
1: Yes, I know. And that's a that's a very good example, actually. And it's it's interesting that uh, I mean, Madonna's obviously getting a lot of flack now because of how she looks.
0: Well, I don't think she does herself many favours at uh, at times. I mean, I, uh, I won't go too deeply into her because we've got other things to talk no, about. of um, course, yeah. Uh, well, in fact, uh, we'll put that to one side. I'll mark that up. I'll flag it up as something for the future. Um, <laughs> look, just one last word on um, uh, Sinead O'Connor. Um, yeah. I think for anybody whose son has committed suicide... Um, amidst all the other things that she's had in her life. Mm. um, Mm. That must have been absolutely awful for her, you know. I I really just think that... Shocking. You you can't go any any deeper into distress than things like that. And, you know... Uh, Without being her biggest fan, I think the very least I can say is anybody who has the courage of her convictions, even if it's against something that I believe in, and uh, I I do think that um, the, the, the battleground is clearly right now, here and now, going on um i think that uh she had the courage of her convictions and she had a very very different unique voice and left us some great memories and i think that's that's the legacy that i would like to remember her by
1: yeah no i agree i think um you know hopefully um uh with all the enormous publicity um and um and sympathy that uh, that's gone out um for Sinead, I think that uh, one can only hope that this will um, uh, attract uh, the attention of uh, the young generation, and 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 uh, and um, you know, and, and that they um, get into Sinead's music, and um, you know, and really learn more about her from an artistic point of view. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and um, I think that's going to happen because she was an incredible being, and and. It's a great loss but she's really uh, at peace now yeah and one can only um, hope that uh, her family um, are, you know coping with it and realizing that too I guess I mean they must have they must have uh, been very stressed after the loss of her son that um, you know
0: yeah okay well look uh, we um, yeah We'll Terrible.
1: Go, yeah, really sad.
0: We'll go to our second uh, sadness of the week because obviously yes. uh, we'll go to a lady uh, who was whispering, shit. that's right and a a rather grisly looking Frenchman seemed to be on the receiving Mm -hmm. end of it uh, from what I remember (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but she um, described as Jane Mallory Birkin OBE uh, born in December of 1946 and uh, Mm. she was a British and French actress and singer she attained international fame and notability. Let's let's go the whole hog. Notoriety, we'll call it, <laughs> uh, for her yeah. decade-long musical and romantic partnership with Serge Gainsbourg. Um, she also had a a prolific career as an actress mostly in French cinema now uh, she's a native uh, or was a native of London and she began her career uh, in minor roles in uh, and funny enough Michelangelo comes up so you know we've got connections all over the show when we actually look for influencers Uh, so um, did you ever get to know her or meet her or anything like that?
1: No, I didn't, unfortunately, but I did happen to meet her once um, backstage when she was doing a concert um, at the, uh, gosh, uh, in London. And, um, oh, my gosh, you'd know the uh, concert hall, but I can't remember it now. And uh, anyway, yes, and she was charming and, um, because Neil and Chris, uh, Are big fans of Jane, and um, I think there was um, there was an intention to work together at some point, but it never it never materialised. But uh, yes, and I remember really enjoying her her concert. She, she, I thought she was terrific, and of course, you know, uh, everyone loves what she did with uh, Serge.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, the the thing is, uh, I I am a little bit of a francophile, so uh, I, I'm actually picking up a lot more on the on the French side as well. Um, she lived in France, yeah. uh, mainly in France, shall we say, from the '60s onwards. Yeah and would acquire French citizenship. So immediately, you see, I can relate um, her progress and life with Petula Clark. Um, You know, she was another one who who went, okay, uh, Swiss, probably Swiss-French. But, you know, she again um, went, and I think there's got to be something of great uh, commend to, for people that go to another country and manage to achieve success with, with with whatever they do and um I didn't realize you know that um basically uh, she obviously was quite a thespian wasn't she
1: indeed yes, absolutely yeah she was very um I think she she was very ahead of her time you know she was very cultured and um um and uh you know, she dabbled in, 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 in a few, um, uh, you know, I mean, she, in films it, with music and, um, yeah, she had an interesting life.
0: Mm. I, um, well, I'm reading again. Uh, she, she attended Miss Ironside's School in Kensington. Uh, she was also educated at Upper Cheen School on the Isle of Wight. And Well, it, there you are. Well, you see, I, I, all these things are really relevant because, um, you know, I, <laughs> I remember taking a group of students from Cornwall up to uh, the Isle of Wight and we saw the Cheen. Uh, the, there's lots of things with that name on the Isle of Wight, which I, I didn't know until I went there. Yeah. And then uh, yeah. she uh, again, you see, it's, it's the speed at which they go from that information to saying in 2021, as yeah. uh, she said, she started taking sleeping pills at 16 and never stopped. Uh, and again, you see, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's very 60s,
1: isn't it? <laughs> well, isn't it just but I'll tell
0: you that there's a, another strange thing and here it comes. Uh, last week, we had a footballer coming out to tell everybody that uh, he was addicted to sleeping pills and reckoned it was a huge problem in the Premier League. And, of course, uh, oh nobody picked up on anything like this. And, you see, I said, well, sleeping pills have been around forever and they've always been a problem <laughs> with people who get a bit addicted to them. And don't forget, while this is going, in, uh, going on, the um, big pharmacy companies are making fortunes out of people people's distress. And um, mm. uh, going on again uh, from the article, at the age of seventeen, she met the composer John Barry, uh, who I did a nice podcast with. Very, very nice guy. Really enjoyed uh, meeting him yep. over the airwaves. And um, she actually married him in 1965. Uh, funny, you see, had I known yeah. that, I would have asked him about it. Um, but you know, I mm. wasn't. I wasn't mm. to know. A couple divorced in 1968, and uh, she apparently returned to live with her family in London uh, after being in the United States for so long Um, okay so swinging 60s and um, yes uh, what did you uh, sort of hear around the office from the swinging 60s because you must have had lots of people coming in and out and as part of their musical uh, memoirs they must have been telling you about things like this
1: well um I worked with Dusty Springfield um, for a time and uh, she was fascinating and I absolutely loved her. And, um, yeah, she had some stories, um, some interesting stories. But, uh, but you know, funnily enough, I mean, you know, um, Dusty was one of the uh, – Ah, uh, most incredible singers of her time. she was probably one of the best white soul singers. yeah, yeah. um to uh, to uh, you know roam the earth. and um but you know, she was persecuted um for her sexuality because, of course, you know, she was lesbian. and um yeah, I, I think she could have gone uh, uh, much. she had she could have expanded on her career a career a lot more had she not.
0: Um, be known um, to uh, to be, but but I think that way inclined. <laughs> I think I think part of the problem, really, if if we're honest, and you know, I yeah. always try to be totally honest in everything I do with the, with my podcasts. I think yeah. one of the things that I really feel um, would would have been a lot uh should we say more advantageous to people is if they didn't bang, yeah. bang on about their sexuality because uh really most people just basically have you ever been said uh, been told by anybody uh, i'm heterosexual i mean it's probably well, better to yeah, just get no, on with your I, life I and
1: and, and <laughs> i think Vince, that's a whole nother podcast if you want my opinion yeah because there is a lot to be said on that absolutely especially at the moment you know with all the you know the uh, pronouns and 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 um well what po- have you pronouns but, um, it, it, pronouns yeah but yeah, it, it, but just, but, yeah. Lovely. Just, just going back to dusty springfield yeah, though okay. um i don't i don't i i never got the impression that she um was um you know she announced it as such, um, and made a thing of it. I just think it was—it was one of it, it was sort of um, one of those things that was known in the industry. Um, and you've got to remember, in the '60s, you know, in the entertainment business, it was all about you know slap and tickle, and you know, um, it was very, very un um, me too. Um, you know, it, it, that uh, that there wasn't much support. Um, in that regard, to protect anyone, really, you know, you're on your own.
0: Well, look. <laughs> you know, you know I, 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 honestly do believe that too many people seek publicity. I mean, if you, if you're looking for publicity, unfortunately, there's a gang of journalists round every corner, uh, waiting, pen poised to talk and and write as much yes. rubbish as they can get their hands on. You know, sadly, I mean, yes, that's, if, true. If that's I, true. If I, if they just concentrate for a second on uh, Dusty Springfield's voice. Uh, When she came out, when she started with the Springfields and uh, they were singing folk songs, the Island of Dreams springs to mind, she was wonderful. And uh, her two... Ah. Her two brothers were terrific. Uh, The whole thing was lovely. Um, You you know, Mm -hmm. then you go to people like the New Seekers and you listen to their music, Mm. and it was joyful. Mm. And unfortunately, Mm. by getting embroiled in whether you're this, that, or the other, um, then realistically, you take away from the glory of the music. And uh, quite honestly, I mean, as far as um, pronouns are concerned, I'm a, an English teacher as my qualification, and you know, if yep. anybody's messing around with pronouns, they are deliberately messing around with everybody's lives. Um, I I, mm. I I got so really um, a- annoyed at aspects of what we're talking about that I went to the census of 2021 and I asked yep. what was what is the percentage of the transgender. Uh, community Mm. in the UK what percentage do you think it Uh, is what would you guess
1: oh uh, uh, god I wouldn't even like to guess but I I would imagine it's so minimal
0: it's 0.3 of a percent and when you (laughs) and when you actually then look at the (laughs) amount of uh, publicity and all Mm. this and all this furore and and everybody arguing with each other we're being yep. made. We're being manipulated. Even the uh, even the gay community. What percentage do you think that is in the in the twenty twenty one census?
1: Well, I wouldn't like. Well, I think it's a little bit more than the um, than the, the, the uh, statistic that you just uh, uh, announced, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Okay. I, again, well, I wouldn't
1: uh, like to. I wouldn't like to say.
0: Well, what is it? The thing is, you know, I think uh, until people inform themselves, I think part of the problem is that everybody is uh, really just passing comments. I did actually check the figures because, because I was thinking, well, am I being unfair? 4%. 4%. so in other words 4%? every 4%. there you go. <laughs> so, so by the time you add the two together and uh <laughs> you know we're all we're all uh, in such turmoil uh because of yes. a very yes. ridiculously low um popu- uh, population uh, but having yes. said that don't forget that is just the amount that yes. actually wanted to declare in the in the census but yeah, you know i thought i'd follow that um, so up
1: this, um, Yeah, now just going back to Jane uh, Birkin for a moment because I I think this is really quite interesting, um, particularly for people who are fashion conscious. Um, So uh, because of uh, Jane Birkin's French girl style, as she was deemed, um, she was a a dreamy fashion muse. And uh, because of that... Uh, the ultra-exclusive, ultra-expensive Birkin Hermes bag.
0: Yes, I saw launched.
1: that. <laughs> and, um, I mean, you know, I could only dream about having a Birkin Hermes bag, but I actually do know one or two ladies who have a Birkin Hermes bag, and um, – that usually, when they uh, when they venture out with their with their bag, um, it has a seat. It has its own seat at the table at the restaurant.
0: <laughs> well, uh, having said that, you see, I'm I'm there quite I'm quite fortunate. I just have a back pocket. It doesn't. Uh... <laughs> <clears throat> well, In, there you are. Incidentally, anyway,
1: Christmas is coming.
0: Uh, incidentally, I also see that she has quite a a, a large amount of political uh, nuances uh, demonstrating in the streets of London against capital punishment in the 70s. Uh, she campaigned. Well, there for, you are. Mm. She campaigned for the right to, uh, to abortion and had appeared at a Bobigny trial in support of four women uh, accused of having helped the high school student Marie-Claire Chevalier uh, to have an, an abortion mm. following a rape. I mean, the, these are written as if it's such a, a sort of easy thing it, it must have been awful um she campaigned against the far right in France in particularly she doesn't like Jean-Marie Le Pen so uh you know she she's obviously got a big part of um the politics of her lifetime involved in her legacy as well
1: well, again, you know, she lived in that era, and, you know, it was almost fashionable to go and protest and, um, you know, rally, and uh, it almost was deemed sort of um, romantic, you know, in the whole scale of things. I've got to say... You know, that was that signified youth in those days, right? Yes. It was like revolution, you know, fighting against the uh, fighting against capitalism and... You know,
0: you see that sort
1: of production of acid, and mm, and, you know, quite a fascinating time, really.
0: It is, but there's another fascinating part to it, which is basically there were millions of people who just basically had to live the lives, pay the mortgage, and do very ordinary things, uh, of which I would probably put myself in that number. so there we are Uh, oh
1: yes that's right you you kept the home fires burning
0: well uh, Anne did more of that some of the privilege yeah no Anne did more (laughs) of that than me I, I only had to go out and do the work um now, yeah, there you are. She there also are. she also got an OBE, which again I think is only fair to mention because um, mm, you know there's course. plenty of people who go into acting, um, but she actually did get the OBE, and well done to her. Mm. Um, yeah. So you know, from whispering. And me playing her songs, um, so that everybody would have a bit of a chuckle in the disc attacks in Birkenhead in 1969 or whatever it was. Um, we yeah. uh, we we do pay tribute to a lady whose life was far more than whispering uh, down a loudspeaker <laughs> yes. here. Um, That's right. Okay, well, let's go next to uh, probably the internationally acclaimed um, uh, major name of this trio because it's all sadness. But really, hopefully, oh, yes. by the tone of uh, the way we're presenting this, I hope people can see that you can identify the joy that we've had through their work. It doesn't. Uh, there's no criticisms of anybody for whatever sexual side they've uh, maybe had developed during their lifetime. As far as I'm concerned, I'm remembering the records and the fun and uh, Anthony Dominic Benedetto. When I come home to you, San Francisco, your golden sun. Born 1926, mm. um, and uh, very sadly died July the 21st. Ah. And we're talking about Tony Bennett, uh, a huge, mm. huge man. What a swooner. Wow. Well, I mean, obviously, <laughs> you will look more from the ladies' angle of whether he's, uh, you know, such a good-looking guy, blah-de-blah. Blah. All I do know is he was, well, I would call him charismatic.
1: Oh, gosh, yeah. Absolutely,
0: yeah. Well,
1: incredible talent, you know, am-
0: amazing entertainer.
1: And, of course, you know, he enjoyed a very, very long career, um, you know, and, of course, um, hooking up with Lady Gaga was a major coup for both of them. Mm-hmm. And um, it was wonderful. So he was always uh, in fashion.
0: Yeah, uh, look, a uh, I, I, very, very interesting guy. Uh, he fought in the final stages of World War II as a U.S. Army infantryman in the European theatre. Uh, that's another horrible expression when you think about it, the theatre of war, but there we are. That's uh, the way they describe
1: mm, it. Oh, yeah, really.
0: I also was very interested to see that it was he who founded the Frank Sinatra School of the Arts in Astoria, Queens in New York. Um, I mean, this is a man who sold more than 50 million records worldwide, Um, obviously got his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, uh, but he also found the time and uh, the the wherewithal of wanting to honour the memory of somebody that he obviously admired uh, in a professional sense, which I think is a wonderful tribute to him
1: really absolutely Mm. and uh you know who who would know that unless uh you know you took the time to google Mm. um that's the thing you know with these these um incredible artists there you know usually there is such a a fantastic story behind them that we we never get to hear about and and of course now with the internet we do um if if, you know if we if we take the time but um but yeah and i mean that's a great thing about the internet isn't
0: it well it it, it
1: is Um, but yes that
0: I, I think also you see I, I'm always looking for connections because there's so many when you look for them, and one uh, one of my really good friends who I have as a plant in the garden because obviously I, uh, that's how I remember my friends I I I do have the, yep. these plants in the garden, <laughs> yes. and uh, Paul, yes. Melba was, uh, Paul Melba was Paul Melbourne was a fabulous impressionist. He was one of the few. Uh, he was I think he was the yes. first one to come to eminence in the UK. As somebody who could uh, imitate the vocal um, impression was his forte. And he used to oh. love doing Tony Bennett's I Left My Heart in San Francisco as like the big finale, uh, either him or Sammy oh. Davis Jr. He, you know, he, he'd put oh. one, of the, oh. um, one of the Rat Pack or these great artists into yeah. his uh, final part of his show. And, of course, uh, because yeah. of the way that we worked together, I, I'd just be doing the rock yeah. and roll act and then Paul would be topping the bill and we'd go around um, doing these shows in Spain, uh, having great fun you know but um i think Wonderful. tony bennett was one of these guys who uh, always came across as very erudite very um, well educated uh, i don't know whether or not yes. that seemed to be the way with you
1: well i i i i, I have no idea about his education um i he don't know but all i know is you know he always um was always well well composed and 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 you know was um, just a, a gentleman, uh, you know, and, and incredibly talented, and um, and you know, just a beautiful entertainer, um, mm. and um, you know, and, and it's interesting because uh, you know, living on this earth and being in the business he was was in, and you know, uh, for ninety, what was it, ninety three years or something, mm. something like that, um, you know, and, and
0: I've never heard an ounce of scandal. No. Have you? <laughs> no, but then, <laughs> pretty, I have any yeah. incredible feet these days, really. Well, uh, there's all sorts of very interesting things that come to life when we bother to, um, you know, do these types of podcasts. And uh, I didn't know, for example, he was the son of a grocer, um, and of course, part of this American migration to the United States. And we did know about that, uh, but I didn't yeah. know, for example, that he became known as the class caricaturist he was apparently absolutely wonderful um, and he was going to go into a career in commercial art Um, also began singing singing for money at the age of 13
1: right because yes he was known as an artist wasn't he but gosh well there you go
0: Yeah. And then, of course, uh, you know, he went uh, and became known as the the singing waiter, which, again, you know, this is something that uh, I would have only known bits about. But again, uh, I remember going across to the States and um, we were taken to a restaurant where, you know, they didn't tell us anything. and We were all just having a nice meal. And then suddenly Mm. all the waiters put down whatever they were doing and gave us the most Mm. wonderful performance. Um, And this is sort of a tradition that Tony Bennett was part of. You know, he was a singing waiter. (laughs) I
1: love that. Mm. I love that. Uh, Well, I'll tell you something else interesting that not many people know about Tony Bennett, um, is that uh, he earned a Guinness World Record. Did you know that? No. Becoming the oldest person to release an album of new material with Lady And that was with his um yeah with Lady Gaga. Right. So there you are. <laughs> no, I mean So yeah, a good old rounder I would say.
0: Wow, I mean he just oozed class and I don't know whether or not, you know, uh, from a um, a man's point of view, I'm looking at the yep. way that he seems to have matured and looks even better as he got older. I yeah. mean he, he just looked so classy, didn't he?
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, even till the, you know, until he's, uh, you know, to to the end, um, that beautiful smile, and um, yeah, I bet he could uh, still, you know,
0: charm the ladies. Um,
1: charm the ladies mm-hmm. indeed
0: <laughs> uh, well I mean look you know we we I hope that, that what we've done is we've had a celebration of three great lives here because uh, it would be yes. it would be easy to just play a few songs and uh, that's what most of the DJs will do you know and then just put a, yeah. a little bit around that but um, I, I must admit yeah. I'm very impressed by your dog impressions I, I can't see your throat move or anything <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell
1: you, if uh, if you could only see what's going on um, on the on the floor, it's it's gorgeous. There's a huge, big, gorgeous samoyed um, called Bear. She's absolutely delightful. My goddaughter, <laughs> and my little three year uh, three month old Shih Tzu called Mister Pinky, who is um, just having fun with his cousin Bear.
0: That's lovely. So yes oh well, <laughs>
1: excuse me
0: yeah sorry about that oh, but listen. I hope
1: that's not going to
0: interfere with the phone no, I, I wouldn't have but thought anyway. so I, I think quite honestly little things like this add to a podcast I, you can be too clinical well, in a studio and, and i think that um, yes you indeed. know it, it, i always remember <laughs> i was uh, i was interviewing the actress Jean alexander and uh, oh, yeah. you know um from coronation street uh Hild-Rogden. and she told me she said um, i'm, I'm she was a real thespian very very polished liverpool um accent she said i've no. just put some scones in into the um in the oven and anyway the, uh, the she said we we i might have to go to the oven and get them out anyway so i heard <laughs> i heard this ping so obviously it, <laughs> It was a timer. So I said, "I think your your scones might be ready, Jean." <laughs> so off she went, and it was really <laughs> I was, it was surreal because uh, I I always used to love watching her on Coronation Street, and she used to um, oh always,
1: gosh, absolute
0: legend. She used to always do this singing, and I said to her, Jean, I, "I I do a little impression of you. Would you mind if I did it for you?" And she said, oh, yes, go on, darling. So I uh, went, la, 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 all right, Stan. Are are you ready for your food, Chuck? She was very complimentary, you know. Uh, Look, I I can't.
1: can't, Gosh, honestly, when somebody needs to interview, well, I need to start interviewing you, Vince, on your uh, history. Um, Because, you know, you, you just occasionally you know just announce that you've interviewed this person interviewed that person <laughs> it's
0: well fantastic it's been a really it's been a very pleasurable uh, part of my life um but i must ask you before mm, we geez. we've only got a couple of minutes left because uh, you know me i will not yeah, go sure. over the hour and the last time <laughs> we, we were talking um you were telling yeah. me about joan and the giants oh
1: oh my gosh yes yes i'm super excited and thanks for asking um i have just um uh launched my new management company um and um and it's it's thanks to joan and the giants uh, for wheeling me out of retirement in artist management and uh, they are just wonderful um uh, they're Perth-based And I don't know whether uh, Anybody outside of Australia Or in fact in Australia Realises But Perth is Almost like, you know th- th- Sweden um, is in Europe You know, with, with with amazing songwriting abilities You know, the Swedes are, You know, well, ABBA,
0: hello yeah, yeah.
1: And, uh, you know, AHA Or no, actually AHA were Nor- Norwegian, weren't they? It's <laughs> well, in the same direction yeah down with a herring um anyway. mm. um but yeah so there's something about perth that um cultivates these wonderful artists and fortunately i am so happy to be connected uh to these four young kids and they're just they're just wonderful um so yeah sorry um where were we well, what, what,
0: what are you calling your new company songbird songbird okay because we'll we'll uh, put a link to that as well um and oh thank
1: you very much
0: Well, we have to. I mean, the whole point of what we're doing is we're we're coming. I mean, you know, when you actually look at the technology for me Mm. uh, standing here in Spain and you over there in Australia and we can talk to each other and discuss the lives of three fabulous artists who, you know, we've Mm. had to discuss some of the lives because I think even if you've got to talk about some of the difficult bits, I think you don't do you, you don't do them any justice. By just talking about of the hits, not. you know, I, I think. No,
1: absolutely not. And I think, yeah, I, I, I love, you know, this is a, a this is a um, appreciation hour yeah. of uh, all those, the, those uh, wonderful artists that brought us so much
0: incredible music. Absolutely, and and in fact, what could be a very interesting podcast is to look at the artists that have made the trek. Um, although, having said that, it'd be more a voyage uh, from Australia to <laughs> chart success in uh, Europe and the 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 outer world, if you like. Um, you know, gosh, and-
1: yes, absolutely. Well, sorry to interrupt Vince, but I've got to tell you, um, just uh, earlier today, funnily enough, I was talking to the drummer. Of Savage Garden, and they were uh, a big hit in Australia, to the and moon and back, worldwide. Actually,
0: wasn't it a song something about going to the moon and back?
1: Actually, I, I, <laughs> I
0: yeah, no I think idea. I think it was. <laughs> I think it. Was. I'd
1: already left Australia uh, by then, and that's no excuse, by the way. But I do know that they had international acclaim, and yeah. So I mean, we could even uh, bring uh, Carl Lewis. Um, into the mix on your podcast, Vince. If that,
0: you fancy that, I certainly do. Because look, uh, I, I have a very strange way that I remember things. It, it's uh, it, it's 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 sometimes i I'll be talking to Anne and a song will come on the radio, uh, the most weird song, and I'll say, "Oh, that was whatever it might be," and uh, I, I don't know why I can remember these things, uh, but uh, <laughs> it's
1: probably because well, I, Vince. Mm, can I just say, at least you're remembering them. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, poss- possibly it's because I bought the the singles. I mean, I did over the early years of my career. I, I wasn't a money person or anything like that. But I bought, I, I did buy mm. 70,000 uh, records, which I transported <gasps> down to Cornwall. And uh, we had a whole room fitted out with my singles. So that that was How- wonderful. 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 And, you know, I gave, I ended up giving them away. We had a builder coming to the house, and uh, he was a young, youngish guy, probably 28, something like that, you know. Uh, reminded me of the way I started doing my DJ, and he was talking about his new thing. He was being a DJ. And so I said, well, if you come round to my oh house... Oh, gosh,
1: to- <laughs> well, he landed the right place <laughs> with you.
0: <laughs> I said, come round to my house tomorrow and uh, bring your van. I gave him three tea chests... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I do regret it because I think there was some really I tasty bet. songs in there you know but it, oh
1: it... my gosh well I hope he gave you a discount on the work
0: uh no he didn't cuz it, it it was his boss that he was yeah yeah no i mean oh, you know i no. oh well you don't give to 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 to, to get right <laughs> well, well you, you, very often it's by giving that you get more back anyway uh you know a lot oh of, of course you do
1: absolutely no it's a, it's a it's a great thing
0: yeah yeah okay well look um we're now coming up near the end of this particular podcast um which All right. i think we've we've covered some really interesting territory um, you know, it's wet my appetite to go and read a bit more about these three artists. Um, certainly, mm. I um, the the cheeky side of me used to love playing uh, Jane Birkin. <clears throat> uh, I didn't really, <laughs> I didn't really play any Tony Bennett songs in the the discos, but it was always a radio uh, request, you know, and uh, uh, probably for right. a, a, an older person, you know. Um, and it was a great, great song, as in particular, and and his other yeah songs um and Mm. you you know i think also sinead o'connor i i don't suddenly jump on bandwagons and pretend i was her biggest fan um but i did appreciate you know things that we spoke about do you
1: know what i'm just going to um just going back to sinead o'connor thinking about it i have never heard a remix of a sinead o'connor song isn't that weird
0: well, it could also be a little uh, market opportunity to pay a tribute to her. Well, say, well, don't tell anyone. I won't listen. I, won't... <laughs> I, I, that is not my. Let's keep
1: that little secret. To our yeah,
0: that, that that is. Yeah. But but having said that, if it's gone out on the podcast, there'll be a few will will have already been listening. Let's see
1: how many people are listening by how many remixes.
0: (laughs) Uh, Mitch, just uh, hold hold on to that thought because I'm going to play some music to take us out of the podcast. Um, Okay. And then if you stay on the line, I should be able to give you... a little bit of information about something. So, uh, without any further ado, let me just wrap up the podcast by saying we've looked at uh, three fantastic singers, please. Uh, Jane Bergen. Uh, I've got to say, I didn't see the depth to her career, so I've, I've educated myself. I feel it's been worthwhile. I think when you uh, look at her political uh, bench, shall we say, um, with uh, alongside... Um, Sinead O'Connor and Jane Birkin very very interesting thoughts spring to mind about their their activism and of course uh, Tony Bennett three legends uh, we'll make it four thank you Mitch thank you Vince <laughs> and
1: have a uh, beautiful weekend and all the best to lovely Anne
0: brilliant thank you very much indeed Mitch and uh, be in touch <laughs> for the next one thank very you, shortly as ok stay on the line lovely please. All
1: right. take care thank you bye bye <laughs>